Welcome to Curious Psalms, a podcast where we practice reading and praying this wonderful prayer book of God's people. I'm your host, Matt, and joining me for our episode on Psalm 64 is return guest, Dolly Leedy. In our email correspondence leading up to this episode, Dolly expressed a desire for me to be heavy on the edit in this episode, <laughs> but I know I won't need to because you, listener, are going to enjoy every morsel of reflection and wisdom she brings. I'm really grateful that Dolly's joining us again. So let's get to the episode. To get us started, here's Dolly reading Psalm 64. Hear me, my God, as I voice my complaint. Protect my life from the threat of the enemy. Hide me from the conspiracy of the wicked, from the plots of the evildoers. They sharpen their tongues like swords and aim cruel words like deadly arrows. They shoot from ambush at the innocent. They shoot suddenly without fear. They encourage each other in evil plans. They talk about hiding their snares. They say, who will see it? They plot injustice and say, we have devised a perfect plan. Surely the human mind and heart are cunning. But God will shoot them with his arrows. They will suddenly be struck down. He will turn their own tongues against them and bring them to ruin. All who see them will shake their heads in scorn. All people will fear. They will proclaim the works of God and ponder what he has done. The righteous will rejoice in the Lord and take refuge in him. All the upright in heart will glory in him. Well, it gives me great pleasure to say, Dolly, welcome back <laughs> Thank to you, Curious Matt. Psalms. Thank you. This is episode two of your 10-episode contracts. So. <laughs> I don't know about that. No, I, I'm grateful to have you back. There are no contracts. Don't remember signing that. <laughs> you don't remember signing that. But it's always great fun to talk about the Psalms, even when the Psalms are all about enemies. So, again. Again. And they're hard to avoid in the yes, Psalms. Yes. You know, often I'm like, I open it and I just think, okay, one more time. One more time we're going to do the enemies thing. But let's just dive right in. I'm curious what stood out to you in reading this Psalm. Well, I have to say the first thing that stood out to me is this sounds a whole lot like the world we're living in right now. Mm. And if you spend any time doing what Kevin, I think, calls doom scrolling, <laughs> you see examples of, of this type of thing everywhere. Conspiracy, plots, sharp tongues like swords and cruel words. Yeah. Shoot from ambush and yeah, it, it can it can get a little depressing sometimes, mm -hmm. you know. And I know when David, you think of David, you know, his enemies, because this psalm was written by David, you think of Saul and shooting, you know, throwing spears at him. Right. Absalom and his deceit. And he was familiar with with all of these types of things and the sharpened tongues like swords the second thing that struck me is the phrase about the tongues yeah because the tongue can hurt in ways that physical pain can't mm. you know and we see so much of that so many are just so willing to throw out words and hurt yeah it's interesting when as you say that just thinking about how often the the sorrow in the psalm or the lament in the psalm or the prayer in the psalm 
it often has to do with enemies physically surrounding mm -hmm. but often you get a sense of the pain comes from either the words or the relational damage that's mm -hmm. being done yes right? i think of like psalm yes. 55 where the psalmist is talking about sort of this was a person i used to worship with this was a close friend yeah. and here they are and you know Sometimes it can feel like we're very distant from this particular world of enemies, but I appreciate what you're saying is, well, we really aren't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like these are still familiar ways that we wound each other, that we are wounded. Yeah. Um, and then obviously globally, I mean, we see the physical violence that's manifested in this Psalm very clearly too, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think probably because of coming off of Lent and a season yeah. of self-reflection, mm -hmm. you know, that the other thing that came to my mind is, is these, you know, arrows of the tongue is how often am I guilty of that? Yeah. How often, you know, maybe even unknowingly, you know, words get said that will hurt and inflict pain on someone else or maybe come out a bit critical or a bit judging and, right. you know. Maybe not even intentionally, but, sure. but they, you know, and words are just something that can never be taken back. Right. And this uh, plotting injustice and saying we have devised a perfect plan and who hmm. will see, you know, there's so much done in secret that the belief is that no one will see, no one will find out, hmm. but God sees all of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting kind of to dwell on, I mean, this psalm really is about enemies. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to kind of start our conversation by reflecting on, on them and their nature, because I think that's so critical to the psalm. One of the places where my mind was drawn was the initial prayers of the psalmist, too, mm -hmm. as it orients. And if you read the psalm, it's a little bit strange to me. There's really only two requests of God. Mm -hmm. And the first one's in verse one, hear me. Mm -hmm. The second one is hide me. But then when you get to, when you move past the enemies, he then describes all these enemies and everything that they're doing. There is not another prayer. There is not another request in the Psalm. Verse seven, which kind of six and seven are these sort of transition points. Mm -hmm. Suddenly God takes action, but there's no prayer for God to take action there. The prayer is hear me and hide me. Mm -hmm. And then it's like the Psalmist just knows because the knowledge is there that God is going that to God take is going care. to do this. And that's getting into the second question. Well, let, about let's go there. Let's go there. I'll ask that question, Dolly. What you know? What do we learn about God, or how do we encounter God in this psalm? Well, and I think part of it is uh, the way that David starts. Hear me, my God. Yeah. You know, it's very personal for for David, and I think that's mm. what God wants to be for all of us. He wants to be a personal God, yeah. and he wants to um, have us come to him. David, you know, just was very confident in what God was going to do for him. And I think we talked about before how David was his refusal to take action against Saul as far as killing him when it would, you know, to all intents and purposes be justified. Yeah. You know, and he was encouraged to do that. And because he, he was God's anointed, he wouldn't. Right. You know, but he knew that, you know, he just had this confidence that God was going to take care of things for him, mm -hmm. that he would come to his defense and, and that he would strike down the enemies, turn their own tongues against them. Yeah, I, right bring them to ruin all who see them will shake their heads in scorn 
and all people will fear. They will proclaim the works of God and ponder what he has done. Mm -hmm. Reminds me of the scripture, it's every knee will bow and every tongue confess yeah. that Jesus is Lord. Right. You know, but he just has this confidence that he's going to take care of it. Mm -hmm. And so he goes to God instead of, you know, struggling on his own, like, well, he, there were examples of that as well. Yeah, where, sure. where he took matters into his own hand. Yeah. I know whenever I do that, it's not a good outcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know? I, love, I love the connection. I think there's a connection between what you're talking about, my God, and then the confidence that he has. And mm -hmm. you know, one of the things I was thinking about is we tend to read my God sort of purely in a personal relational sense which is totally a part of it. Mm -hmm. uh, but I was just thinking, you know, in an ancient Near Eastern context, uh, Yahweh, the, the God of the people of Israel, is one God among many mm -hmm. possibilities of whom they might worship. We tend to think, well, this is the one sort of true God. Like, there's a certain kind of context that we're in today. So for David to say, you are my God, is also, it is both saying we are in relationship, but it's also a way of saying, I, I've chosen. Like, this is who I'm committing to. True. This is... This relationship, I am sort of investing myself in relationship with you, mm -hmm. God. And I think part of that is, or part of the reason or motivating reason is what we see later is that this is the God who will deliver. But I found it really interesting. We, we sometimes talk about God's justice or it's easy to think about God's justice and get either squeamish or uncomfortable or like, let's talk about something else. <laughs> <laughs> but this Psalm goes to like quite literary lengths to show that the justice that God is giving is perfectly matched mm -hmm. to the injustice. Mm -hmm. Like even, even the language, I just found this so interesting. So they are aiming cruel words like deadly arrows, mm -hmm. but God will shoot them with his arrows. They shoot suddenly, this is verse four, but God, they will suddenly be struck down mm -hmm. in verse seven. They encourage each other in evil plans. They sharpen their tongues like swords. Verse 8, he will turn their own tongues against them and bring them to ruin. Mm -hmm. In other words, it's like there's this setup, right, of here's what they are doing. And here's how God is perfectly meeting out justice with respect to what they've done. Mm -hmm. uh, and the, they're matched together really significantly. In other words, God isn't just like, okay, I see what you're doing. And now sort of here comes com like complete <laughs> annihilation, <laughs> and completely unwarranted or beyond what you would ever expect. It is, okay, This the punishment fits the crime, right. right? And I think that's really significant for the justice of God, that God isn't someone who sort of relishes a sort of, oh, great, now I really get to kind of become the enforcer God here yeah, and like yeah. unleash me. I've just been waiting, David, <laughs> for you to pray these words. Now I'm unleashed on the world. But rather, I think one of the things we learn about God is his justice is perfectly matched. Right. And doesn't go beyond. Right. Where if, if it were up to us, it, it may go beyond. Yeah, right. And, yeah. You know, we like to think of justice. I think sometimes we squirm is because we want justice for others, but we may not want justice for ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, That goes and, back to your earlier comment about wondering, <laughs> okay, my tongue also can unleash, yeah. right? And where do we find ourselves in the psalm? Yeah, I appreciate right. that reflection. And just, yeah, it's interesting. We're talk, talking about David choosing choosing Yahweh as his God, this mm -hmm. kind of perfectly just God. And then I think about maybe our modern temptation is maybe not to pick from a pantheon of gods. We don't necessarily quite have that kind of framework or understanding, but we often will tend to pick ourselves. 
right? <laughs> we sort of substitute sort of ourselves in for the gods. So, and then exactly what you're saying, what would our own justice look like? Well, mm-hmm. often it, it's more mm-hmm. than just a perfect retribution. It's, I've got some things to exercise on this person, <laughs> right? If it was yeah. left up to us. It's interesting to move from that kind of conversation, a conversation about maybe our, our own injustice, but really we're talking about God's justice, right. to our third question about how this psalm, how a psalm about enemies helps us to pray. I always think that's an, a facet. Some <laughs> psalms are very direct, and then some psalms, it's like, some you have psalms, to ponder it's, a little it's bit a little, more. It's a little harder. Right. Well, in the very first verse, it says, hear me, my God, as I voice my complaint. Mm. So I think sometimes we, we really need to cry out to God you know yeah. with our, with our voices you know yeah. and just come to him you know depending on how extreme the circumstances are that we can voice our pain and yeah. uh, our fears to god and i think we can pray with confidence as well that mm-hmm. god as we have said he will take care of the situation we know that he protects us that he cares for us, that he has our best interest in heart, at heart, and that he knows what's best for us, even when we can't see that. Yeah. And um, we can trust him to keep the promises that he's given us in his word. So I think we can go with him on our knees, on our faces, with our voices, mm-hmm. in confidence. Yeah. And in, in rejoicing. I love the, the end of this where it yes. says, All people will fear, they will proclaim the works of God and ponder what he has done, and the righteous will rejoice in the Lord and take refuge in him. So he is our refuge and our righteousness, mm-hmm. and all the upright in heart will glory in him. Yeah, the contrast between there, the all people will fear, and will proclaim mm-hmm. again. Maybe think about that Philippians two passage: every knee and tongue will confess, mm-hmm. right? Every Whether they want to or not, right? But then the the deeper sense and the joy that the righteous will have: the righteous will rejoice in the Lord. So everyone will be forced to acknowledge the justice that God has done, right? But right. that justice is a source of joy for the righteous. Yes, uh, is quite something. Those last two verses. Thanks for drawing us to them too, because that's. It's an important conclusion to the psalm, I think, yeah. as well. You know, one of the the righteous, as I read that earlier, it made me think, though, about the psalms are often kind of quite polarized. In other words, you have the righteous and the wicked. You have the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. You have sort of the evildoers and those who are doing good, or it's often the psalmist. And I was thinking in the same vein that you were earlier, where am I in this psalm? Mm. And aren't I usually a little bit like the evildoers or even <laughs> verse six, right? Surely the human mind and heart are cunning. I'm like, I have a human mind and heart. Yes. Uh-oh. <laughs> but it's interesting. So the Psalms so often sort of like kind of offer up these two poles, so mm-hmm. to speak. But then we find our life is almost always lived in between. And, you know, recognizing that when the Psalms use terms like righteous, they're not necessarily thinking about an absolute moral perfection no, or purity. Our righteousness is from him. Right. And they're thinking about a kind of faithfulness to God. Yes. So it's not that, you know, David's envisioning all the perfect people, mm-hmm. of which we know there are none. So all the perfect people will <laughs> right. rejoice. No, it's all, all those who are being faithful to God. And there's ways that God builds in and ultimately through Jesus, right, for us to, ex- to kind of 
be righteous in a, in a sense. But I was still thinking, it's just interesting. I, the, I think finding ourselves in the middle of those kind of maybe trying to move towards righteousness with the Spirit's help, it's almost like that cultivates kind of desire for that in us, if this makes sense. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. maybe think about sort of spiritual formation language. It feels like, well, I mean, one thing I was just thinking is I wonder if the Psalms in some sense was so willing to boldly portray kind of two options as they have from Psalm 1, right. really. Right. In part, be- knowing that almost none of us find ourselves like firmly in either of those options. And so... You, you want to be, but... Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> but then part of finding ourselves where we are is that, okay, now I know which way am I going to choose? Which way am I going to move? And mm-hmm. that part of what the Spirit does through sort of presenting such stark two choices is to help cultivate our desire toward the one. So what, mm-hmm. as I read this psalm, I thought, you know, one of the ways it helps us to pray is to recognize exactly what you were saying earlier. Our tongues might be like the evildoer's tongues. Mm-hmm. I have a human mind mm-hmm. and a, a cunning heart, but that's not who I want to be. Mm-hmm. I want to be the righteous rejoicing in the Lord and taking refuge in him. So God, I need your help. <laughs> <laughs> Will you lead me, right, right. Towards, towards, may I not be an enemy to someone else, but may I be finding refuge in you. I think that's what, sort of, that's kind of at a meta level in some sense of how the Psalms invite us to pray. But I was just thinking about the realities that we're, we're kind of always in between. Yeah, yeah. Know? And I think with the Psalms, you know, as prayers, they start out with crying out to God and always end up, well, not always, but, you know, often end up in a place of just declaring God's righteousness and mm-hmm. His and who He is. And yeah. So it's like during the prayer, you can't come to that yeah. knowledge that of, of God, you know. Yeah, that, I think that's hugely significant because it is that we are always being drawn. You know, they aren't just, maybe this is helping qualify what I just said. The Psalms aren't, aren't sort of some moral development exercise mm-hmm. either. They are always drawing us toward God. And as right. we find ourselves drawn towards God, we find ourselves more like the righteous, more like those who are willing to take refuge in him as yeah. we come to know him, right? So yeah, I appreciate I appreciate that, that framing and that the Psalms are always pointing us not to sort of being better people, although sometimes that's the choice being laid out, right? Mm-hmm. The person of wisdom, kind of think about Psalm 1, don't, don't be like the mockers or the scoffers right. or the sinners, right. but be like the one who meditates on, on God's law. That's an invitation in a direction, but it's also an invitation towards the one who gave us the law in the first right. place. Yeah. Well, Dolly, anything else to add? On Psalm 64, kind of a short psalm, but plenty, yeah. we, we still found, found an easy way to talk about it for 20 minutes. <laughs> a lot in there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I'm really thankful that you joined me again. Well, to have you back in the future, we'll try to avoid a, a heavy enemy psalm. Let's <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if we can find another choice. Something else would be nice. <laughs> not easy. Not easy to avoid, but we can look ahead and see. Well, I want to conclude just by hearing what you pointed us to earlier, this concluding verse one more time. The righteous will rejoice in the Lord and take refuge in him. All the upright in heart will glory in him. Friends, go out and pray the Psalms. Mm-hmm.